On behalf of the Council, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to all those who are worshiping with us this morning. Council has the following announcements. There will be a Council meeting, the Lord willing, scheduled for tomorrow night, beginning at 7.30 p.m. And our pre-service song this morning is Hymn 47, verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, please rise. The Lord our God calls us to worship, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. We now confess that our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us now sing in response to the greeting of the Lord, Psalm 
8, all five stanzas.
brothers and sisters, we will now listen to the law, the ten words of the covenant which the Lord, our God, the God of the covenant, gave to us. And we will also listen to the summary of this law. And then after, let us then respond to that with singing hymn 49. The Spirit sent from heaven above shows us the way of truth and love. Hymn 49, all four stanzas. God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, showing steadfast love to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your men served or maid served, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The Lord summarized this law with these words, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments.
Let us not pray. Almighty God, Father in heaven, we come before your holy throne and we praise you that you sent your Holy Spirit, he who perfects our prayers and intercedes, intercedes for us, because we cannot on our own gain access to your holy throne. We thank you that your Spirit came as promised and that he gives us what our Lord Jesus Christ obtained for us by his suffering and death. That we may receive the forgiveness of sins. That we may receive eternal life. That we may be restored in a position within your covenant with us. That we may be your people and you are our God. Father, that is such a wonderful work. And we don't deserve anything of it. It's all your grace and your love. Now we pray, Father, will you give us faith, that in faith we may receive all these blessings, and that in faith we may live with you and before you, and that we may glorify your name in our lives. We heard your commandment, and we know that without the work of your Spirit in us, we can't keep any of them. Will you therefore renew us by your word and spirit? Will you work in us so that we show to you our thankfulness in all that we do, in all our words, in all our deeds, even in all our thoughts. We've come together on this day, this first day of the week, to listen to the preaching of your word and to respond to that in our worship. Therefore, we ask you for your blessing and the guidance of your Holy Spirit over the preaching of your word. Fill our hearts with wisdom and insight through your Holy Spirit when we open your word and read from your word, when your word is proclaimed. Give us faith that we accept and believe what you say to us. Fill our hearts with thankfulness and with joy, the joy of faith. And accept in our sacrifices of thankfulness which we bring to you in our songs and our prayers in our offerings, and in all that we do. Father, may you work in such a way that your name be glorified and we all may be strengthened in our faith and filled with joy. Father, we pray this all in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us now read from God's Word. From Acts 2, verse 1 to 21, there we read about Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 1 to 21. There we read the word of God. When the day of Pentecost came, they, with our disciples, all together were 
They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So far the scripture reading. Let us now sing together from Psalm 67. May God be merciful and bless us. We sing all three stanzas.
brothers and sisters, the text for the preaching of God's Word this morning is from Joel 2, verse 28 to 32. Joel 2, verse 28 to 32. There we read a prophecy that was quoted by Peter on the day of Pentecost, as we read in Acts 2. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and bells of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Brothers and sisters, let us sing after the sermon as our response to God's word from hymn 47, the stanzas 3, 4, and 5. Beloved brothers and sisters, congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. With the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ into heaven, the time began that Christ is seated on his heavenly throne at the right hand of God the Father. The Bible tells us about that time that at the beginning of that time Satan was hurled down from heaven. We can read about it in Revelation 12. This is also the time of the thousand years, as mentioned in Revelation 20, in which Satan is bound and cannot deceive the nations anymore. In this time in which Christ reigns, nations cannot unite anymore, and there will not be an empire that will govern the entire world, just as it was in the days of the Roman Empire and before If you maybe remember from Daniel 2, the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar, a very well-known story, also many of the children will know that, the dream in which he saw that huge statue with the head of gold, breast and arms of silver, and, and so on. And how that symbolizes the subsequent empires that reigned until the coming of a new kingdom, That was that rock, that stone, that came down from the mountain and that destroyed the statue and thereafter filled the entire world. That rock, that is the kingdom of Christ, conquering the entire world. And there is no other kingdom that will rule over the entire world. Those olden days of those empires that rule the entire world, those olden days will not come back. 
those days were not good for God's people. If you read through the Old Testament, Israel was threatened time and again by those superpowers. And the word of God more or less remained only in Israel if it was still there. But we now live in a time in which Christ reigns from heaven. The thousand years mentioned in Revelation, Christ is king over all creation. There will be no kingdom anymore that will be the only superpower on earth. And it will be able to unite all nations under one king or emperor. Now it is Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. Satan is bound and cannot deceive the nations anymore. He cannot unite them anymore. And that is the time in which we live now. The time before the final day of judgment. The time before Christ will return again. Will return to finally and completely destroy Satan and all his allies. And in this time, Christ is gathering his church. And his word is going all over the earth. And Satan tries to resist him as he did in the time of the Old Testament. But now he cannot. Because Satan is bound. He is thrown into the bottomless pit, the abyss. He still has power, but not enough anymore to stop the preaching of the gospel or to destroy the church. And that is all because the Holy Spirit works powerfully all over the earth. The Holy Spirit has been poured out, and no enemy will be able to resist the Holy Spirit. Christ rules us through his word and spirit. And he gathers his church by his word and spirit. And where his spirit works, their miracles will happen. There the power of Satan will be broken. And that is what we see happening in the time since the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God goes all over the earth to all peoples and tongues and nations. And it continues, and we may be witnesses of it. We may see it happening. We can see how this earth is being won for Christ. Yes, we also see the resistance. But we know that that resistance, that are the last attempts of Satan to stop the coming of Christ. But he will fail, and Christ will come. He will come again. And all the roaring of Satan, all his threats, from time to time it may frighten us. But God has all power in heaven and on earth. And he continues his work. And his church continues to be gathered from all peoples and tongues and nations. And that is the promise, that is the word of God that comes to us also in a text as was already prophesied in the days of Joel. And I proclaim to you the word of God summarized under this theme. Pentecost as the beginning of the last days. In these days, in these last days, in the first place, God pours out his spirit on all people. And second, God brings judgment upon this world. Pentecost, the beginning of the last days. In these last days, God pours out his spirit on all people. The prophet Joel lived in a time that things were not good for Israel time of disasters and adversity, locusts destroyed the crops on the land, even the vineyards and the trees. No food was left. 
And now Joel calls the people to repent and to turn back from their evil ways, because that is the reason. These disasters, this misery, it's all the result of Judah's disobedience. God sent these plagues as punishment and to warn them to turn back to him. And if the people will continue to sin against the Lord, well, then the day will come that God will come in his wrath and destroy the people. Then he will come with his revenge. And that day is very close, Joel prophesies. That is not something for the far future. Now the people should realize that that day is almost there. They should repent now, immediately, and not postpone it. Not even one day, not even one hour, because then it can be too late. But then Joel also prophesies that if the people do repent and do turn back to God, then God will be merciful and bless his people. In the verses preceding our text, Joel describes all the good things that will happen to Judah if they turn back to God. But that won't be all. God will even give more. And that is what we read in the text. After that, after the time will come that the people will return to God and, and God will bless them, there will come a time that is even more rich and the blessings are even greater. The greatest blessing for his people will be that God will pour out his spirit on all people. In the time of the Old Testament, God spoke to his people through the prophets. They had to tell the people God's will. They had to preach to the people, and they had to lead them on the way to salvation. And through them, God revealed his will regarding our salvation bit by bit. And every time a bit more about the coming Savior and about the salvation for the people. The entire Old Testament tells us the way God goes with his people to salvation. And also Joel is one of the prophets on a long way. Also Joel prophesied about the future of God's people. He showed them their sin and misery, but also preached about the redemption from sin and misery. And about that time, the time of redemption, Joel is speaking in a text afterwards. Joel says, or after those days about which he spoke in the previous verses, the previous verses in which he spoke about the abundant blessings which Israel would receive if they return to the Lord, they will receive riches and abundance of food. But after those days in which God will bless his people again and, and turn his face towards them in love again, after that time, it will happen that God will pour out his spirit on all people. The people will no longer depend on prophets. They all will be prophets because they all will receive the Holy Spirit. Yes, they will even know more than the prophets in the Old Testament. God will pour out his spirit. Also, the prophets in the Old Testament were limited in their knowledge and sometimes even didn't understand their own prophecies. And if you turn with me to the letter of Peter, First Peter 1, verse 10. First Peter 1, verse 10, there Peter is writing about that 
salvation. And he says that concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. And they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. So the Holy Spirit did work in the Old Testament, but it was different from the time of the New Testament. Also in the Old Testament, there were people who had received the Spirit of God. People with special tasks, like prophets, priests, kings. It was part of their anointing that they received the Spirit of God, through whom they were able to fulfill their tasks. We can read it from time to time in, in the Old Testament, that the Spirit came upon them in power. But in no one so richly that we can speak about a pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on the day of Pentecost, not before it. That is the time when Christ sends His Spirit to all people. Then His Spirit can be poured out in abundance on all His people, not in little drops, like in the Old Testament on specific persons, but poured out as if you pour out a pail with water, a waterfall abundantly, sufficient for everyone who belongs to God's people. It is not only for certain people anymore who have to act as prophets and who have to tell others what the Spirit revealed through them, but all God's people will receive the Spirit, whether they are slave or free, poor or rich, young or old. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That does not mean that there will be a difference between young people and old men, as if old men will only dream dreams and, and young people will only have visions. That's a figure of style. With it is, it is meant that everyone among God's people will receive the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, God worked and gave his revelations to prophets through dreams, through visions, in many different ways, while they were sleeping or during the day. Joel means to say that both young and old will receive these gifts of prophecy. And the entire people will be prophets. They all will know the will of the Lord. They will not need others to prophesy to them anymore. It is, in fact, the same as what the prophet Jeremiah says. If we look at Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 31, verse 33 and, and 34, it's a very well-known text that's also quoted in, in Hebrews 8 about the new covenant. There in Jeremiah 31, verse 33 and 34, there we read, This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. 
I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they all will know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. It's in fact the same as, as what, what Joe was prophesying about. At that time, after that time, same as we saw in, in the prophecy, prophecy of Joel, and that, that, that is a time in which we live now, the time of the New Testament, after the work of salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ has been fulfilled. And in this time, we don't look forward anymore to the coming of the Savior, as Israel did in the Old Testament, but now we may look back to the work that has been done. Now we know how it happened. Now we know how Christ did come and and how he saved us from the power of sin. And now we also know everything that we must know, that we must know about our salvation. Not from prophets, but from the Bible. We all have the Bible, and we all can read the Bible. It is through the Holy Spirit that we can understand and that we can believe the Bible. And with that, we are much richer than the people in the Old Testament to whom much was still not clear. We don't need anyone to tell us things that have not yet been revealed and which we can't find in the Bible. We don't need prophets anymore who should reveal us, God's people, something new. Yes, we still need teachers, pastors and teachers, ministers of the Word, who teach us how to read the Bible. But they are not going to tell us anything that is not in the Bible. They do not come with a new revelation. A minister who is preaching here is preaching the Word of God as we received it in the Bible. And nothing more. They only preach us what God says in His Word. And we all can read it. In fact, what the minister does, he takes us by the hand and shows from the Bible what the will of God is. Just like Paul did when he preached in the synagogues. If you read through the book of Acts, then you can see there that Paul showed from the scriptures time and again that that, that what was prophesied in the Old Testament, that all had to happen, that all has been fulfilled in the days that the Lord Jesus was on earth. And then, for instance, in Acts 17, we can read that the people who listened to Paul, they could check it in the Bible, in the Scriptures, in the Old Testament. In Acts 17, verse 11, for instance, there it is said about the Bereans, that they received the word with all eagerness, examining the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So they listened to the preaching of Paul and they went back to the Old Testament to see if it all was true, if it all was in accordance with the prophecies of the Old Testament. And that is also what nowadays the ministers, the servants of God's Word do. They go to the Word of God and they take us by the hand as congregation to show us this is what the Word of God says. And you can check it, everything a minister says. And if you cannot check it in his Word, then a minister should not Speak about it. Now, after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Christ reigns from heaven with power and glory. Through his Holy Spirit, he is working to establish his kingdom all over the earth. And he will break all resistance against the kingdom of Christ. The entire world will have to acknowledge him as king, whether they want it or not. And then, in this time, we see that Christ sends his spirit to his people. He poured out his spirit on all the people so that we all will be able now to preach his word on this earth. So the entire people are now prophets. They all will prophesy. They all will now bring the word of God to this world. It's not just a few people appointed as prophets to go out and preach the word. The word. No, we all are being made prophets. We all go out, and in our words and in our deeds, we will make known to this world that Christ is King. That is our task now after Pentecost. We are all prophets. We all have to tell to the world that there is salvation through Jesus Christ, and it is all in the Bible. Everyone should believe what God revealed to us in the Bible and ultimately in His Son, Jesus Christ. Christ, who is King, seated at God's right hand, and from there He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And that's what we see in the second place. In these last days, God brings judgment upon this world. In verse 30 of our text, Joel continues with his prophecy about the last days. God's people cannot remain passive when they receive the Holy Spirit in abundance. When the Spirit comes over them, then they are also going to be prophets through the Holy Spirit. They are going to announce to this world the day of the Lord. And then we read that God himself will accompany this preaching by signs and miracles. We can read that when the Lord Jesus told his disciples to go into the world. Matthew 28, that he said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And in Mark 16, he said that signs would accompany those who believe. And at the end, in verse 20, there we can read that the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. But here in Joel 2, Joel is not just speaking about miracles. But here, through Joel, God is speaking about special signs also that are a warning of the coming day of judgment. The signs of God's coming in wrath to punish this world. In the days of Joel, the approaching of the day of the Lord, the day of God's wrath, was preceded by warnings, for instance, in the terrible plague of locusts, as described in chapter 2, and many other things. And, and the prophets warned Israel, these are the warnings of God's wrath. Repent before it is too late. But in the last days, the plagues and disasters as the signs of the coming of God will even be worse than that. Blood and fire and columns of smoke. All kinds of disasters will hit the earth. Just like we can read in the book of Revelation, towards the end it will get worse. More and more disasters, they all serve as warnings for this world. God is coming. 
he does not delay, and therefore be ready to receive him. And also Matthew 24, the Lord Jesus himself announces it. There will be wars and rumors of war. The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Now, that does not mean that it will exactly happen in that way on the day of Christ's return. Now, this all is a description to make it clear that everything on earth and even everything in the universe will be affected by the coming of the Lord. Nothing is certain anymore. No one is safe. If even the heavenly bodies, the stars and the planets, the sun and the moon, if even they will be shaken, then no one should think that he will escape the wrath of God. The sun that marks the day will turn into darkness because of all the smoke from the disasters. And the moon will be turned to blood, as red as blood, also by fire and smoke. That is how we must see all that is going on on this earth nowadays. It all comes from God. Nothing happens against His will. It all comes from His fatherly hand. It comes to this earth as a warning, a wake-up call. All those who don't believe, all those who resist God, they should think now and realize this is indeed God who works and who comes to this world to warn them. And for us as Christians, it should even more be an encouragement to preach the word of God and to remain faithful. Don't be alarmed, but keep watch. The Lord Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 12, that because of the increase of the wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. That is what Jesus Christ says. A testimony to all nations. The preaching of the gospel accompanied by the signs which God himself will give. We see it happening around us in this world in which we live. Exactly as God foretold us. You can see it. His word being preached to all nations. There's hardly any people on this earth or nation to whom the word of God has not been preached. It is going to the ends of the earth. We see it happening. Also God's punishment. Still as warnings going over the earth. It all shows that the day of the Lord is coming. The day of the Lord will be the great and dreadful day of the Lord. All these signs will come to a climax. The earth will be terrified. The world will tremble with fear because of all that is happening. The people will realize that nobody is safe. Not even here in our western world where we live in riches and prosperity. Even that will not shield us from all the disasters that hit this earth. We hear about natural disasters, about earthquakes, volcanoes. We hear about disasters caused by men. All kinds of, of disasters that destroy the environment. We hear about terrible accidents, and ships, and planes, and other accidents. We hear about wars, Afghanistan, and other wars. Syria, other parts of the world. It's all terrible. Disaster can strike here as well, here in our own country. 
God will know where to find those who resist him, and no one will escape him, not even those who put their trust in their riches and their wealth. People should not think that by simply denying that he exists, they can escape his wrath. No, the whole world will have to face God's judgment. And then Joel says there is only one way to escape the wrath of God. That is not by taking all kinds of precautions and having insurances. That is not by all kinds of provisions that will be able to protect us from harm. That is not by our wealth or whatever. No, that is only as we read in verse 32 by calling on the name of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For El Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said among the survivors whom the Lord calls. That means that there where God gathers his people, and where his people worships him, there is salvation. Not necessarily in Jerusalem here on this earth, but we expect a new Jerusalem, built on the heavenly Mount Zion, in a heavenly Canaan. There will be escape. There will be salvation for everyone who sets his sight on a new Jerusalem and who is a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. They all will be brought into the new Jerusalem when the Lord returns. And this great day will come, and there they will be saved. Mount Zion, that is the place where God dwells. As we can also read in chapter 3, verse 17, Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion, my holy hill. Jerusalem will be holy. Never again will foreigners invade her. Those who seek refuge in God's house, they will be protected by the Lord because they pray, they put a trust in God. Brothers and sisters, in the presence of the Lord, there is safety. There is salvation. In the Old Testament, the prophets had to tell God's people and to call them to repentance to return from their wrong ways, to serve God with all their heart and soul and mind. And now again, we have to turn to God every day again. But now we are also prophets. It's also our task as Church of Christ to stand in this world as witnesses of Christ and to tell to this world that they have to repent and they also have to turn to God for salvation. We receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit works through us to the church of Christ, so that the preaching of God's word will never stop as long as the Lord does not return, so that this world will never be able to say that they could not know it. There has always been and there will always be a people of God in this world, a witness of Christ. The word of God will always be preached here on this earth. And that is God's grace, that he does not withdraw from this world. That he does not withdraw his word of salvation. But at the same time that his word is being preached, it can also be held as a witness against people who reject it. God shows his love to the world in the fact that he still gives time to repent. There will be many who will hear the word and accept and believe it. And we may see it. Many who by faith will be saved. The preaching of the word is powerful. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 believed and were added to the church. 
in the days and after 5,000 more. And that continued day after day, year after year, in about 30 years. The gospel was being preached in many parts of the Roman Empire and had reached even Rome. And thereafter it continued. The entire Roman Empire heard the word of God and, and many became Christian. And the preaching of the word of God continues also now. And also now we know and hear that many people may be added to the church. In Brazil and in China and Indonesia and in many other parts of the world. But also here in our own country. Preaching of the word of God continues. And people come and are gathered to Christ's church. All over the earth. Every day again. Many thousands of people come to faith and are saved. Every day. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. The outcome is certain. The enemy, Satan, already stands condemned and he will not escape his eternal punishment together with his allies, all who resist God, the offspring of Satan. God's church cannot be silenced because it is not the work of man. It is not the work of human beings. It is the work of God's own spirit. And God accompanies the preaching of the word by all the miracles and all the signs also, all the warning signs and the disasters that go over the earth. Let us not be alarmed, brothers and sisters. This all must happen before the great day of the Lord will come. But it is not the end. The end will be the great and glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Brothers and sisters, you may now show your thankfulness to the Lord by giving to him your sacrifices of thankfulness. And after your offerings have been taken, let us then sing together from him 67, standards 1, 2, and 3.
Let us now pray and give thanks to God. Almighty God, Father in heaven, we come before your holy throne now again in a prayer. And we praise your holy name and we thank you that we can come before you as your people. That you have your word proclaimed to us every week again in the worship services. That we may have your word, that we may know your words, that we may read your word. That we also may be prophets. That we don't need others to tell to us what you want us to know. That you come to us, each and every one of us, in your word and with your spirit. And we pray, Father, give us that through the preaching of your word we are encouraged to be your witnesses. The witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. To be prophets in this world in which we stand. So that your word may be proclaimed to all tongues and nations and peoples all over the earth, and that we also may be part of it. It is a privilege that you chose to use us. And we thank you, Father, that you do use us. We thank you that we also may see that so many in this world, here in our own country and even more in other countries, Come to listen to your word. That there is a hunger for the gospel, for the Reformed preaching. And we thank you that in the past week the China Reformed Bible College could start. And that there are people interested in learning more about you. And in, in their turn, telling it to others. Father, bless this word. And work with your Holy Spirit also through this Reformed Bible College. So that your church may be built in China. Bless all the work on this earth. All the work of mission. Everywhere where your word is proclaimed by your church. Where you work with your Holy Spirit so that many may believe it. And turn to you and receive salvation. Father, will you give us that also in our own area, in our own circumstances, we may have the boldness and the openness to talk to others about our faith, about you, about your word, that many also around us may hear it and believe it and join us in worshiping you. Father, be also with us when you are testing us, when we are in difficult times, and we know that through the testing of our faith, you also work to glorify your name. That is in our weakness that your power is being made perfect. It is not our strength that, may, that, that makes our faith strong. It is your testing us in our weakness. That our faith will be strengthened and that we will prophesy to others. Father, we pray, be with those who are in difficult circumstances. We pray for Sister Melanie Vandenbergs and Daryl and their family now that you took away out of their midst Melanie's grandmother, Sister Gerda Wildeboer. Father, comfort them. Give them that they may know that you are the God of life and that they may look forward the great day that death will be completely vanquished as your holy word 
voor dood. Father, we give healing to Sister Jane Vetter. Also be with Jeff Weisitter. That they both may recover each in their own situation. Father, we pray for all those who are sick. All those who struggle with health concerns. Also those who are getting older and, and feeling the infirmities of old age in their bodies. Give them all that they may receive the strength from you, that they may stand firm in faith. Father, we pray for Professor Geertsma at the Theological Seminary. He is doing poorly lately. Strengthen him in his circumstances. That he also and, and his children and, and relatives may know that he also is in your hands. And that whatever your will is, that you will give him what he needs. And that your name will be glorified in his life. Father, we thank you for all the blessings which we may receive as your congregation. We thank you that we may enjoy so many good things. Also, this past Friday night, we could have a beautiful music evening. That we could glorify you with our music. Father, we also use this to build your kingdom and glorify your name. Will you bless all the work that is done within your congregation. Bless the work of the minister in the preaching and teaching. Bless the work of the elders in governing this congregation and be an example to them and leading this flock in your ways. Bless the work of the deacons in encouraging this congregation to be a communion of saints, to share in Christ and all his benefits, and to use our talents and gifts the well-being of the other members and give us this congregation that we provide the deacons with all that they need to help those who are in need. Father, bless all the work that is done also by those who don't have the special office, those who work in the office of every Christian as prophet, priest, and king, that we all may be faithful in our task, that we all may fulfill our task to the glory of your name. Bless the parents in their task to raise their children as covenant children. Bless also the work of Christian education and all those who are involved in that. That all may build up your church. That all may be according to your will. And that all may contribute to the building of your kingdom. Father, we pray, be with us on this day. Give us that we may enjoy this day of rest. That we may come again also this afternoon to hear the preaching of your word and be strengthened also by the administration of the sacrament of holy baptism. Give us a blessed day that we may be refreshed and strengthened physically but also spiritually. Father, we pray this all. Not because we deserve it, but only in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us now sing hymn 67, the standards 4, 5, 6, and 7.
brothers and sisters, lift up your hearts to the Lord to receive his blessing and depart in peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.